You know, I talked to a police officer who's deceased now, who's in my hometown, and we were at a barbecue cook-off, and I talked about this on, I think it was on my show, it was called Texas Wolfman. Uh, it was one of the Dogman episodes I did. I've done a lot of them, but but he, he told me, and two of my guards and one of my friends, we were all there, and he and he he was he had been drinking. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; he was he was inebriated, and but I think that's what loosened him up. And he talked about the, this this case that had happened back when he was a young officer, uh, late '60s, early '70s, w- when these killings happened, and he was told basically to not talk about it. I mean, the, the county said, you know what, we're not gonna. It happened by the railroad, the railroad tracks, and one of the guys he said looked like he'd been put into a blender. And so he was like, we're not going to, we're just not going to, you know, we're going to say that they were, you know, hobos that it rode and the the railroad train, the train, you know, and it came from another, it happened in another county and the body just ended up here. So we don't have to deal with how this happened, but it happened over and over again, unfortunately. And every time it was just like, oh, well, the person was killed, but they were killed somewhere and then they were found there, you know? And so... Um, and they just said, look, it didn't happen here. And they're like, well, yeah, but we found, no, it did not happen here. This didn't happen. Okay. This is not. exactly. Yeah. And so I, I believe because it's so, uh, abnormal and so bizarre and, and, you know, that people don't want to, to have to deal with it. They don't want to write it up. They don't want to deal with it. I had a guy who said he was a beat cop in Chicago and he said that he, that he had, he was a rookie cop in 1976. And he said he he worked in Chicago for 30 years or, or over a little over 30 years. And it was mid 2000 when he retired, whatever. He said, I kept my mouth shut about something I saw. He goes, the whole time I was there, he goes, I opened up to one other officer. That person goes, hmm. And then went and told our superiors. They called me in, told me, you say something else, you lose your badge. And wow. what he saw was a weird looking creature that that was man-like that it turned and had needle-like teeth and was opening its mouth really wide. And then he and his partner just kind of bailed. <laughs> they got out of that alley and they were like, what was that? You know, that's not a dog, man. I get that. Is it a reptilian? Is it a vampire? Is it, I don't know what it was. I mean, you know, I mean, but he, he had told me this and, and it was a, a friend of mine uh, that, that told me this. You know, he said he's a Dominican guy that I've known for years. And he said, hey, I, I ran into him at this restaurant here in Austin out by the lake one night. And he said, Hey, you know, my, my, uh, my Theo, that's his uncle. He said, he's got a really interesting story that one of his old partners told him when he retired from the force. And so it was, it was a story that was told to me secondhand, but you know, this, this cop, he said that, you know, he said, dude, I, I kept that story for, because it happened the second year I was on the force. So for like 29, years or something. I think, I think he was there for 31 years or something like that. Um, if I remember correctly, um, from either 74 or whatever, or 76. But anyway, he told that story and he said that, that he kept his mouth shut. He never wanted, he never said anything else again because he got messed with about it. How many people you think that's happened to? I mean, you, you, it's crazy. I had a tow truck driver who told me something happened out, out here at this, uh, area outside of Austin, South, South of Austin. Um, I can't remember the name of the area, but anyway, it's down, it's going toward Buda. If you look it up on a map and it's, it's in the East of Buda. And he was, he went out there on a tow truck run back in the early, in the early, uh, nineties. And he said that, that he found the vehicle. They said, Hey, there's a vehicle. You need to go pick it up or whatever. Somebody reported it, you know? 
And so he said, okay. So he goes out there to pick it up. And when he gets out there, he finds a bloody shoe. And there's like the, the, the vehicle looks like it had been torn apart. And he said he saw scratch marks, what looked like claw marks and just like bite marks all over the, 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 the vehicle inside and out. The police show up, and of course the county people show up, and then they're like, okay, you know what, you can go. They they dismissed him. One of the higher-ups showed up, and then people showed up that he was like, I'm sitting here watching this whole scene. And he's like, people were showing up that looked like, you know, something from Men in Black. And this guy's a bit, he's a big African-American guy. He's, he's, he's deceased now, unfortunately. His name was Bubba. We called him Bubba. He was a real cool dude. And uh, and I knew him for years and years, and he he passed away of heart or heart disease. He was big, he was a really big guy. He's like six foot six, gentle giant though, kind of guy, you know. And he says, "Man, I ain't, I'm gonna tell you, man." I, he looked me right in my eyes. Wolf, I, I'm telling you right now, dude. There was something not natural about that. He goes, and I thought that whatever was that I heard stuff moving around in the brush. And he goes, whatever whatever did that had just done that. It was not like that vehicle might have been there a couple of hours, you know. And then somebody called it in. They don't know how or who or whatever, but he went to go pick it up. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it was just weird. And then they said, okay, you know, the police show up right after he's walking around with his flashlight looking, he hears something in the brush. Police show up and they told him, okay, you can go. Uh, we don't need you to carry, take this vehicle. This is now a crime scene. And there was nothing in the newspaper ever reported about this or on the news. Um, I believe it was 1993 or something like that when he said that. And I'm I'm just going down. And when he told me this story, it was like the mid to late nine late nineties. I was at my my club. I used to run, and he was telling me this. And he goes, "Dude, you know, I've been been hit at that point. He'd been tow truck driving for like eleven years. And he said, I've been learning eleven years at that point, and I've never seen anything like that. He said since then. Now I did see something else. He saw something else kind of weird. Um, he saw something run across the road one time that to me looked like the little alien chupacabra thing. He goes, but he goes, those two are the weirdest things that ever happened to me. And he goes, but that, and, and, and it was actually not really far from that area. But I, the, I asked him, I said, now this little thing that you saw run across the road, do you think that thing could have been what's responsible for attacking that vehicle? He goes, man, he goes, no way. That, that thing I saw was small. He's like, whatever attacked that vehicle was large, you know? And I said, you know, he said there were bite marks in it, you know, like he couldn't, it weren't human bite marks. He said it was something with fangs. You know, he goes, it was just so weird, you know? I mean, and then the police, when they showed up and they questioned him up and down and they just told him to go, you know, really crazy. and what's weirder about it too, is like when they show up, okay. And you have this really large black man there. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, okay, let's, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, you know, but, but he's black, he's there and there's obviously blood everywhere. It's all tore up. He wasn't even considered a suspect. So they, they have to, knew, like, they, nothing. yes, absolutely. Because I'm sorry, but like, if you're there and you're six foot six, I don't care what color you are, but especially if you're an African-American, I mean, you're going to be a suspect and and I'm not trying to, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, no, yeah, they, we get targeted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, stir no. the pot or anything. I'm just saying, you know, and, and, and I know because at that time my, my roommate was, 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 was black and Willie, he passed away back in. 2020, he had brain cancer. He's one of my best friends. He lived with me for five years, and Bubba was a good friend of ours. And Willie got pulled over, like because he wrote he drove a red sports car. And I told him, I said, you know, you can either get rid of the red sports car or you know not be African American. 
<laughs> leaving the bar at 3 a.m. <laughs> so it's easier to get rid of the red sports car. But that's that's just the nature of the way things were. You know, I'm not saying it's still as bad no, as it once was. Still, uh, it, it's well still there, you know, but the, but these these profiling. these profiling. Yeah. These police officers, I thought it was crazy. These police officers showed up. Um, he did say one of the cops was black, you know, that showed up afterwards. But there, there were cops that showed up from that neighboring town. Cops that showed up from the county. Okay. And then some cops in an unmarked vehicle wearing just jackets, you know, and they're like, you can go. You just leave. Get out of here. I mean, right? that's crazy. You're going to be the prime suspect. No, they already knew that some, at some point this had already happened, um, I'm sure, to somebody else or at some time or there's been other reports of it. They weren't shocked or surprised about this. It's like they already knew what was going on with it. Yeah. And they found a sneaker that was there. You know, I mean, that's really weird. I mean, there, there's like really weird stuff. You know, I mean, I've heard over the years reports and Lake Travis out here, you know, where, where I'm from, people, they recovered like a foot or something inside of a shoe. Like from the lake. Really? Yeah, just like a foot. I mean, I don't remember what year that was. It was like in the 2000s, but I just remember hearing about that. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, and nobody raises an eyebrow and goes, that's, you know, that's bizarre. Um, but you know, David Pilates brought that up too on that, some of those missing 411. He said that there were some cases where people just were found without their shoes, but then there were times also when um, a shoe was found with a foot in it. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I, I mean that. Th that that's so weird. I mean, like th there have been so many weird cases, um, and so many weird things that people have found. Like I remember somebody was hiking in Argentina. And this was one of the stories I got, and there had been a, a sighting of an unknown large bipedal canine in that area. It was up in this this uh, kind of rugged region in, in in the south of Argentina. People don't know anything about the geography. It's cold as heck down there. Um, and, and cause it's so far down, you know, down there and it is a, a Spanish speaking country and everybody always equates Spanish speaking with hot because of the, you know, but Argentina is very cold cause it's closer to the South pole. So anyway, um, these people were hiking and they found like an arm, like just, just laying there and they're like, whoa, um, they could have easily identified this arm, but when they took it to the police, the police in Buenos Aires were like, oh no, okay, we're good. Don't worry about it. It's all good. And they're like, well, there's a watch on it. <laughs> you know, they never heard hide nor hair of it. I mean, these people were like, one of them was from there. And the other one, I think, was from uh, uh, Peru. She was Peruvian, but he was Argentinian. And he was like saying that they never heard hide nor hair of it at all. It was like it happened, you know, and that was it. It was just like, I mean, like they didn't even, in, I mean, he, he said he they didn't even investigate. It's like, okay, this person was probably... Yeah. yeah. Well, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, the missing 411 stuff, what's happening to the people in the parks, and the park service is saying that they don't have any records of missing people. They don't keep a log of how many people yeah. are going missing, and it almost makes you wonder at that point. You don't know if you remember that, and I'm not, this is just a crazy theory. I'm just going to throw it out there. may not have anything to do with it at all, but I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Cabin in the Woods. It kind of makes you halfway wonder, mm. do they know? That what is it about? Can you, if you refresh my mind, I might have seen it. It was a movie where you had like these, it was cryptids in the movie, like, and but it was also weird other creatures and stuff. And they, 
there was um some kind of weird creature in the movie that they were sacrificing people to these things to keep them at bay to keep them from going wild and like pretty much taking out a lot of people you got to check that out okay i need to go watch that it doesn't ring a bell but i mean my wife will watch videos movies and stuff and i'm like i'm going to sleep because i'm not i'm not a big horror guy i'm not against it or anything like that i have friends that work on horror movies but um I'm just, I just don't have time, you know, so, but yeah, that sounds, I'll watch that. That sounds good. Who all, who was in it? You know what? I can't, it wasn't like a lot of like big name actors. And I actually think the first time I saw it was on sci-fi, but it wasn't one of those B-list movies or C-list movies. It was a really good movie, actually. So that brings up a question. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bettina. You could, no, you just need to check this out because it's really crazy, and I won't, then you can let me know what you think about that. But it just makes me wonder. Like a lot of stuff gets covered up, and one of the things that was interesting from that, um, one of a couple of those missing four one one, the Dennis Martin case. I think some people said they had seen what looked like a hairy, tall, hairy creature carrying away, um, like what looked to be a little boy over its shoulder. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you aware of that? Oh yeah. Yeah, and and, and that that's that's not that's not unusual. That has come up over and over again. And I know that David had originally started out just talking about the missing cases and not uh, um hadn't hadn't uh, really gotten into the whole well, it's a Bigfoot, but eventually I think that his research led him down that path. And yep. uh, to the point where now he goes to Bigfoot conferences and things like that. Going back to what you said about Cabin of the Woods, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Let me ask you a question about Cabin in the Woods, that movie you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting what you said. Now, you said that these people were, were being, <clears throat> they there were tra- people, trapped. Well, there was people who would come to this cabin, I'm pulling it up now. But there were people who would come to this cabin for vacation. And when they would go to this cabin for vacation, um, they did not know that there was like these this secret, this secret like underground or secret hidden away. Um, I don't know what you would call it, like a base or I don't know what you would call it facility. They're in the woods, but there was these people that were there that were controlling everything. But some type of way some of the characters in the movie ended up getting into that facility and when they got into this facility they found that there were you would say dogmen or werewolves in there other creatures that look like bigfoot and um all kind of crazy just kind of all kind of crazy stuff and basically the humans that would come stay at this cabin they were basically, I guess a lot of the people would come up missing. So I think one, per, I think, I don't know, I can't remember right now because it's been a while since I've seen it. It came out in 2011. But most people did not get away from that cabin. A few on out of this movie, I think maybe one person was able to finally get away. But um, she, I don't remember if it was he or she now because it's been so long. But they found out what was going on down there. They were sacrificing to this other weird entity that's in this movie. People that would come stay at these cabins in order to keep them 
from lashing out on the rest of humanity yeah. and they didn't want, want the rest of the world to know about these creatures. That That's the part I wanted to touch on. Now, that's why, because you mentioned that earlier and I was very intrigued by that. And, and the question I had for you is how plausible. Okay. And I know it's Hollywood, right? Right. But we also have heard the rumors and I think me and you've even spoken about this briefly that Hollywood talks about things that are going on, you know? Oh Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I just, I think, you know, we touched on that once before, but it's weird, like, when that you said that, because I'm going to, now I'm going to go home, I have to watch this movie, but it's I'm crazy because, like. Send this trailer to you, I mean, send this to you right now, so you can just see, and when you see this, if you'll look at your phone, I'm going to send it to you okay. by text. Since we're How plausible is that, though, Bettina? Do you think that that could actually. Like yes, I feel like it's very plausible because of the simple fact. Think about all the people, and I, I listen to right now the fact that they don't want to keep a log of how many people are going yeah. missing. You have a log for that, but you don't want to keep a log for it because you don't. Now, this is just a theory. I'm just throwing it out there because I don't want people to attack me. But why would they want to keep a log of that if they're actually doing something like this? And I'm not saying that's the case, but they're not going to want that kept. I mean, when David Pilates tried to get a log for it, they did not want to give it. And they was going to charge him so many million dollars in order to even obtain one. Now, if you look at your phone real quick, Josh, yeah, uh, your text message, I just sent you a screenshot of some of the things that were down there in that. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. This Ooh, facility. Okay. All right. Yeah. You see that werewolf back werewolf there? Werewolf looking all thing and all kind of weird looking stuff. Really interesting movie. Very crazy. Gotta check that Captain out. In the woods. But I think it's plausible. I think that there are, uh, they've got these things in laboratories. They're feeding them something. So, They're okay. <clears throat> the, the, the bases in Dulce. That is a big one. Everybody's always talking about people seeing things. They, they end up in these bases. And that person that I had talked to that was an abductee um, that believed she was abducted for for years. I'm talking about the original person that I had talked to at this this uh, startup company I was doing security at um, 20, 20 years ago, I think 22 years ago now. But she had told me, you know, that that, that what I'd seen was alien. Now, the the person that 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 I had met through her, who I had gotten to speak to a couple times, was a very old lady, a very very nice, very genuine type person, and she had told me that she had had encounters with similar creatures. Now, really? when she had done research on, yeah, on, on this, this, these creatures, she had said that there were bases. And I think she might've been the first person that ever told me this, um, but I'd heard it multiple times since then, but that, you know, that there were bases where these things were kept underground. There were, they were locked away. That asked, that, that begs the question for me. I got to ask you this. When you saw, the one that you saw, okay, it's very similar to what what I saw because you said you don't remember the tail. You know how you don't remember all the details because it's so your heart's pounding. You don't remember. I don't remember the tail either. Are the eyes being yellow, I don't really remember um, like like glowing amber eyes, anything like that either. Um, that's yeah. very similar to my encounter, and and you know, and you had that encounter. That. One that you saw, if you take that one in particular, just, just taking it and chopping it and out and cutting it out and just looking at that one encounter, 
Do you think that that could have been something like that, like something that was government created or something that was Nephilim, blood, spirit, whatever you want to call it? I mean, what do you think it was? I think that it it didn't look, it looked flesh and blood. Um, it had a physical body. It didn't look like uh, what you would say, like spiritual or transparent or what I've seen of them in that cloaking type form, um, it was self-aware. It, it was aware of me. And, um, you know, Josh, I was close enough to it in the car. But I got on out of the car and walked. It would have only taken about 50, anywhere between 50 to 70 steps to be face-to-face with it. I'm not good at distance, but 50 to 70 steps, and I would have been standing right in front of it. Um, I don't feel like it was... If I had to say, if I felt like it was some type of government creation at all, it would only be for the simple fact that I know how, like, the government, when you will create these chimeras and stuff like that, and when they create them, you know how you'll have uh, gene splicing with, um, like, I think they put certain genes for different spiders or different fish that are bioluminescent underwater, putting these things into different plants and different other animals and creating these different hybrids. So, you know, maybe only because like that luminescent eye color or the eye shine thing, but then at the same time, that's just one possibility. The other possibility is that they are a supernatural being because regular animals' eyes don't shine. And my headlights had nothing to do with that eye shine. So it's either one or two things. It's too weird. But just that eye shine, the glow, that's not natural. Mm-hmm. Not from what we know. No. And, and so so if you, if you had to, if somebody said choice A, government experiment escaped or something or let loose, you know, or like we talked about from the movie you were just talking about, or B... Just a, a, a spirit, a type of just absolute demonic spirit that's just there, or C, a physical, absolute, you know, undiscovered species, just absolutely physical, flesh and blood creature, or D, you know, th- you know, something that is both metaphysical and physical that can, you know, what would you, what, which would you be A, B, C, or D? Um, I'm going to say in this case, I'm going to say, that uh, I'm going to probably say that in this case, I would have to say that I believe it was physical. Mm-hmm. How do you explain but the, the it, telepathy? Okay. <laughs> it's a very hard. Right. It's a, you <laughs> it's know, the one I saw I thought was physical too, but then somebody well, said, hey. That's you why, know. Well, that's why I had to come up with the theory that they can be flesh and blood and supernatural at the same time because – I've actually watched some of, not that one, because it didn't disappear, but I've watched some appear out of nowhere while recording. I've seen that happen. I've actually uh, watched some actually manifest and then like fade out. Um, So I believe there's either like several different types or there's some that is like straight up demonic manifestations, but, but they know those demons know that you're out there recording or taking pictures of Dogman. So therefore, let me manifest this too. Because So I think that there's other spirits out there that can mimic them as well. 
Oh, okay. So, I mean, that, there you go. It, See, now that's yeah. what a, one Bigfoot researcher told me. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, yeah. One told me that too, but I just thought about it. So I believe that that's a possibility. And I think that um, if you believe in shapeshifters, which I think some uh, cultures believe that there's times when some of these shapeshifters can shapeshift into whatever form they want to shapeshift into. Mm-hmm. Creating an illusion? Yeah. No. I mean, it's just too many different things about it. The um, But what you asked me about the telepathic speaking, <clears throat> I, there's a lot of people that say they hear that all the time. I only got that that one time, and all it said was, oh, it's just you. No big deal. And I basically got the impression from it that it was just like, okay, I know you're here. I know you see me. And I know that um, you realize that I'm not going to do anything to you. I'm just going to walk away. But it knew that at the same, it knew I was afraid because I think what it was doing was my thought in my head um, at that time was, don't come over here. I think it was trying to reassure me. It's just you. You're okay. Yeah. It's not, and if, as long as you leave me alone, I leave you alone. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about this so, theory? And, and I got one for you. Oh, are you still? Go ahead. Good. No, no, no. Go ahead, Josh. Well, because cause my cousin and me did a show together and, and we he talked about the, the Wind River Reservation and there was skinwalkers and stuff. And then I interviewed another woman that was a Ute. Um, and one of the things we, we t- I've talked to multiple natives from my friend Phil was a was Chippewa, full-blooded Chippewa. I've asked them all in different times, various times I've talked to them and I've asked them about these, these skinwalkers. And one of the things that was told to my cousin, we'll start with that one. He was told that by a shaman or a medicine man of the Shoshone. And he was told that they can take the form of anything and that they believe in Bigfoot as a physical creature. It's a real creature. It's like a real thing. But these skinwalkers can mimic anything that's made of flesh and blood on earth. So the question I had was like, when the skinwalker takes on the form of this werewolf looking creature, because they do do that. Absolutely know that they do that. I mean, I have on good authority. I'm not joking. I mean, but are they mimicking something? That's what I wondered. If if there's something here that's flesh and blood that they can mimic, or is that, you know, what we're seeing, is that really what it is? We're just seeing skinwalkers or is it both? And and sometimes when they take the form of the uh, the Bigfoot, I mean, whatever, all the tribes have a different name for it, Opa, Sasquatch, whatever, you know, Genosqua. I that, yeah, I think that some of these Bigfoot and Dogman are flesh and blood. They're giving birth, they're eating, they're drinking, but then you also have to consider, too, if you think about it and you're a Christian, you coming from the Christian aspect, when Lot when those angels came and uh, appeared before Lot and his wife and came into their home, you know, people want to say, well, angels don't eat, but, or they don't do physical things, but those angels actually sat and, and had ate. a meal. In Sodom. And yeah, they ate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the city of Sodom. Yeah. They before ate. God uh, deemed it unfit and unclean and, and he wiped it out. And of course, what she's referring to is Lot, um, yeah, he, he, it was the, his wife was turned into a pillar of salt. 
because she looked back. Yeah, that's the whole story. And uh, yeah, that that's a that's a very interesting uh, story because the angels came and the the people of of the city tried to to basically bum rush his house, <laughs> you know, and a lot of yeah, they yeah. they were lustful towards those angels. The men mm-hmm. of the city were lustful towards the angels that they seen, and the angels ended up having to uh, blind them to keep them from coming at them and to protect Lot and his wife and his family and enable them to be able to get out of the house to be able, from getting attacked. But basically, so those angels, being supernatural, they were able to blind them. They were able to destroy that city. But they were able to blind them with supernatural power. But at the same time, the people who saw them, they saw them in a flesh and blood form. They didn't see them as some, like, you know, strange winged creature or something like that. They just look like average regular men to these people. Yeah. But they ate that, which is a physical trait, like that we have to do flesh and blood. But at the same time, they also had supernatural power. That's why I say, I feel like that some of these cryptids are both flesh and blood and supernatural at the same time. Just as I believe that the Nephilim or the giants or the, offspring of the fallen angels and the humans or the fallen angels and the animals, I feel like that they had those abilities as well. At that time, the Bible, your Bible believer that says there's no new thing under the sun. So if there's no new thing under the sun, it's the same as it was back then. These things are still doing the same thing today. They still have their same powers and they're still just as gigantic as they were back then. There may be some variations or deviations in that I think that our government has gotten involved to a certain degree, and I do believe that they are probably even possibly crossbreeding some of these cryptids with one another. Which would explain the gugwe. Exactly. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, too, is if you look at the these angels, like you were talking about, that would appear to be like a supernatural, magical thing, you know, but reality is it's it could be a science. There's a, like they use something that, that that the people of those of that day were not aware of, and maybe it was just a giant spotlight that they had access to. You know that I mean, nowadays you'd be like, well, that's just a big flashlight. But back then they would have been like, oh my gosh, there's this holy light that they're using to blind us. Um, it, or they could just be very powerfully spiritually powerful, and they showed their actual light. You know that, that that we all have the spark of God, and they showed it to them. You know, and to blind them, and so. But I mean, you could debate it all day whether it's science or magic or both. You know, um, but that is a very that's a good point that you brought up. That that uh, man, so many uh, interesting things we're talking about here. Well, because people want to bring up the fact, well, no angels don't eat, angels don't have sex, but. You have to look at several different things. Like, I've gone through this. I needed stuff to make sense and rationalize it. But when they want to say, well, angels didn't have sex or they didn't do this or that. But then in, what is it, the book of Jude, it goes on to say that women are to co- make sure that you cover your heads because of the angels. Okay, what, you know, if you don't know what happened because of the angels, you wouldn't know why you're supposed to cover your head. Now, some people say, is that a physical head covering? like a headscarf or some kind of wrap or, you know, some people's theory on that was that the husband is the head over his wife because those angels were intermarrying people, but the husband is the head of the wife. So I think that's what that was saying that the woman is supposed to cover herself, but because of the angels, 
that's brought up. And the angels that sinned is also goes on to say in one scripture, and I can't remember where, but it says something about that uh, believers or, or saints at the end would be judging even the angels that sinned. So that means angels can sin. That means that angels have free will. We know that the fallen, a third of them fell with uh, Lucifer when he was kicked out of heaven. So that was the rebellious angels. And then the fallen angels, I believe, were set here to watch, to keep them at bay, which I believe gets convoluted. It it gets convoluted because I believe that that was the Titans and the gods of Olympus. I believe that's where the, 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 um, the Greeks got that from. But I think that when the angels got locked under the earth, it got flipped and the Titans were the ones locked under the earth. And the Titans, I believe, in this case, would have been Lucifer and his guys. And then the gods of Olympus would have been the fallen. But we know that the fallen, actually, which would have been, you know, the people in charge at that time, they were the ones that got locked in the earth as long as the earth shall endure. And then their offspring would be evil spirits for all time. And, you know, you start to look at these uh, these myths and these legends, centaurs, minotaurs, satyrs, and, you know, werewolves and all this and other stuff. Yeah, it starts to become more realistic and it starts to make sense. And then when you know that these things, for those of us who've seen cryptids, it's like, this isn't so weird. This is history repeating itself. Uh-huh. It these always does. Yeah, it, it always does. Yeah. And these things, the reason I think a lot of the times people have a hard time trying to understand, well, how do they know what a gun is? How do they know what a phone is? They know what it is because they've been around for thousands of years. <laughs> and we had them way back before that was all wiped out. And then we were Plato. Right. I mean, I talk about this with Paul Wallace, but he talks about it. Plato says that, that we are knocked back down to level zero over and over again. Absolutely. Everything, everything is cyclical. Is. These things have seen these things before because, oh, that's a weapon. It's fashioned after something that came from their ancestors that had much stronger weapons. There's a place in India, a friend of mine, he's a Bengali, and I was just talking to him the other day and at, works at the mall. And he was telling me about, we had this, we got into this conversation. He likes the show and everything. And we were talking and he said, you know, that there's a place in India that's, that's the glass, the grass is glass. And they know that the only thing that could have caused that is some sort of heated radiation blast that melted the, the the grass and the sand and turned it into brown and green glass. That's really interesting. And, and, and when you dated it, they dated it back like a, like millions of years. Like how, what happened? Like what, you know, and of course, if you read like in the Bhagavad Gita, the they, they talk about, there's all this weird stuff in these different texts, you know, that there were war, it was a war in heaven, which talks about in the Bible, there's a war in heaven. It's the same thing. I mean, the Hindus say the same thing. There was a war in heaven and they were knocking the crap out of each other with these weapons, you know, and they were flying around in some sort of spacecraft. And when you, when you look at the, pro, you know, uh, Elijah, you know about that. I mean, it, man, yes. it, it. Well, Josh, I want to make a point because I don't, before I forget real quick, you were, um, Asked me that question, and I said, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up, I, I said that it's history repeating itself. I think they've been here for thousands of years. They've seen this stuff happen before. But they also know, if you got to think about the fact, if these creatures can telepathically speak, and I can, like I said, I don't remember right now if I said that out loud, um, don't let that thing come over here. It responded to my either thought or my words. But either way, I was in the car. The windows were not down. Either way, 
it still hurt either my thought or my words within the car. And so it responded to that. So that means that if that's the case, they can read your thoughts. If that's the case, they know what that gun is for. If that's the case, they know what you're getting ready to do with that phone. And in addition to all that, you just got to think back too to the simple fact as far as these creatures are concerned. You know how you hear people say a lot of the time, Josh, um, don't go out there with bad intentions. They can tell your intention. So if that's the case, that meant that means that they can sense your mood or your intention when you're coming out there, whether you're coming out to harm them or you're not. So that right there in and of itself, that type of power, that type of um, knowledge that they shouldn't have in order to even be able to read your mind or your aura or your thoughts, that to me in itself, that's a spiritual nature. So it takes me back again to the flesh and blood and supernatural at the same time theory. Now, you mentioned a few minutes ago about those Greek gods and stuff that you were talking about. Um, you know, in the Bible, at one point in time when Paul was going throughout the city, do you remember when the some of the people there in that city, and I don't remember if it was Thessalonica or whatever, but they were actually trying to worship Paul as Jupiter? As the god Jupiter? Mm, I don't think I remember so this that. is in the Bible. Mm. Google that and look that up. Can't remember what scripture that is right now, but they were actually trying to work. It might, so this, all of that Thessalonica, Ephesians, all that stuff is over there. That's modern day Greece now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Th- Thessaly, Thessaly was part of. Yeah, because Ma- the Macedonian, I know that Macedonians had conquered Thrace and Thessaly before they con- they conquered Greece and then went on to conquer, and it all became part of Greece. Greece was a tiny little spot. You know, and then Thessaly was to the north, and that's where the we the Thessalonians. Yeah, that's and and the Bible has a lot of Greek influence. What I what I was referring to earlier was you know when Elijah was taken up in the chariot of fire, the whirlwind, and then Ezekiel he had the wheel within the wheel. You know, there was all this weird stuff that, that you know, and it's just so hard to fathom. Like, what was that? What were those UFOs? I mean, it, it's so hard. And and okay, you said you said Paul when he went to to Thessaly um, that he you, was. I can't remember if it was Ephesians, Ephesus, or Thessalonica. I don't remember which one because you know it was Romans, all that stuff. So I don't remember which one. But when you Google it, just look up where did the people of where, where in the Bible did it say that the people tried to worship Paul as Jupiter? They were calling him Jupiter. And he had to tell them, no, I'm not Jupiter. And he told them who he was. But they, so basically at that point in time, they were worshiping those gods then, which kind of goes back to what you were saying before that there were other gods. I know, I know that, okay, in Acts, in the book of Acts, it, it talks about Barnabas being called Zeus and they I'm called Paul at, Hermes, but I don't where? know about him being in. Does it say I'm looking it up now, but the point is, is that they were like, I think you were making a point earlier and I can't remember what you were saying now, but you were saying that there were other gods and some people's like saying that's blasphemous, but it's actually in there Yeah, about it being other gods. People were worshiping that things for thousands of years, even if back to when you got um, Baal or Baal. Yeah, Baal, yeah. Um, yeah. God was like, this is even goes back before New Testament. 
So well, I mean, was- you can look at the when it talks about the Temple of Rimfan, you know, and everybody's like, well, what this is weird, you know, that when it talks about, I think it's in Second Timothy, it talks about the Temple of Rimfan, and really. It was built by, and, and and people thought that that was a type of god, but I think he was an Anunnaki king that built the temple in honor of Moloch. And it gets uh-huh. kind of com- convoluted. It gets all, you know, um, I'm pretty sure what you're referring to is an axe. Um, I think you can. Acts 14, 12. Okay, I'm 14, 12. There you go. And I, and I remember the verse of them talking about Barnabas being Jupiter or Zeus, depending upon the translation. Yeah, and, I found it. It's- it says, and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius. Mercury. Because yeah, Mercurius. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they these people believed in, oh, and yeah, you're right, depending on what version you're looking at, because that was King James Version. But I'm looking here at now the New American Standard, and they said they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes. Okay, and just real quick, because I know we're on the air, but like you said it was Acts 14.12? Yep, Acts fourteen twelve. Okay, because I remember I thought it was in the Book of Acts, but I wasn't one hundred percent when you said uh, because I, I didn't I didn't I don't remember Paul being worshipped. Um, uh-huh. as, as but I remember you know that he was read, read the scriptures before that because it's going to go into it and it basically was saying that these people were following after them because at that time I believe Paul was going throughout the city and he was. I think he might have been going through healing people or he was doing different things. And some of them thought that he had magical powers yeah. because of that. Yeah. And he was originally, his name was originally Saul and, and Jesus came to him. He was an apostle because Jesus appeared to the apostles and he, he came to him and said, Paul, uh, Saul, why do you persecute my people? He killed Christians mm-hmm. and Jesus redeemed him and, and said, from this day forward, you will be named Paul. And then Paul had so much fervor to try to correct the wrongs that he went, he made a lot of enemies. He made a lot of enemies wherever he went. Yes, he did. He was chased, you know, off in his boat more than once because, and, and he would go into their temples and knock over their idols and tell them that they were wrong and don't do this and blah blah blah. And they would be like, "Who are you to come in here to do this and do that?" Well, there's also a lot of misconception too that people thought, well, they were idol worshiping. Yes, they were worshiping idols in. Some of them worshipped idols, but mostly they were worshipping what those idols represented, um, which is these false gods. You know, to me, as far as I'm concerned, they're false gods. Maybe they were demigods and maybe they were a type of god. To us, they would have been like gods, but they weren't the one true living god, the ultimate cosmic mind, that the creator, the, the, the father of Christ, you know, that they weren't him. Um, and so we were warned against this and, and we were warned against all these other things. One of the reasons why we were warned against uh, so many different things like soothsaying and all this other stuff is because our we can't comprehend it. You know, like I tell people, you can play with a Ouija board and it may maybe nothing happens. You might might nothing maybe maybe it will, maybe it won't. But you could it could. You go deep sea fishing, you don't always catch anything, but you could go out there and go, I'm gonna catch a marlin, you throw that bait out there and you get a blue shark. Um that's that is basically what you're doing when you play with divination when you're doing all these different things with the Ouija boards you don't know how many stories I've gotten about the Ouija board and 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 people opening up portals and gateways and I even have a guy I'm going to try and get him on the show he was a warlock and he tried he's a christian now he was he's born again but he he tried so hard to close this uh doorway and it still messes with him and these things that came across they're coming through a mirror and still. uh 
Oh, yeah. He tried to close it. I mean, he had a, a friend that was a very powerful uh, magic user and was into black magic and tried to get him to, to, to play with this stuff. And then he did. And they opened up something and it won't close. I want him to get him to come on the show on Tuesday and talk about what happened, his experience. Um, it's probably about a 30-minute worth of information. But, I mean, it's it's very pertinent, you know, to what I talk about, about don't play with these things because you're throwing that that net out there and you don't know what you're going to trawl up. And then they say, oh, I'm your dead grandmother. Well, how do you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, these things are sometimes in some cases around when your dead grandma, before your grandmother was dead, they were there. These same spirits followed your grandma around that's or right. followed all of us around. And then so they, they can know tell what you. you're doing. Mm-hmm. And they can tell you things about your grandma. Oh, yeah. She told me this and she told me that. And, and you're going like, okay. And that doesn't prove anything. That just proves that there's a spirit that knows, mm-hmm. you know, that knows you. Let me ask you a quick question here. Um, you, you, you said that you, when you encountered the dog man on the other occasions, like what was that? Like, what are you talking about? Um, you talking about the other side, the other sightings. Yeah. Um, so the first encounter, I've already gone over that one. So after that, after that day, um, I went on to start taking pictures. Um, and I know it's like at random, like anybody can just say, well, I, I can take pictures in my backyard too. Only reason I did it, and normally I wouldn't have ever started taking pictures because how random is that to just think you can just go in your backyard and just start taking pictures and there's going to be dog man in them. But in this instance, at that point, once I saw that one, I knew, okay, they're back there. And because this one knows who I am, then I'm sure it's not the only one. I would stand outside on several occasions and smoke cigarettes or just sit out there and look at nature, sit out and maybe have a drink or smoke or just whatever. And so I knew that if that one knew me like that and it felt comfortable enough not to come up and approach me, how often am I being watched? I've been sitting out here for hours now. Let me just take a picture because if there was one right now, it's going to be right there. That's a perfect place to hide. Started taking random pictures and videos. And every time like um, somebody asked me, I was talking to earlier today, how often when you would go over to your parents' house, um, would you say that when you went over there, would you see them like 50% of the time or was it like 10% or, but I can honestly say that I'm going to say about 80% of the time. I don't know why. don't think I'm special, but about 80% of the time I would see them. They would come up. It was this specific one spot that the majority of the time that they like to stand at and watch. And that was that one area where that tree is with, um, that I showed you, Josh, that German shepherd head dog, man, Anubis, I call it. It like, they like to stand there. That was a perfect area. It was heavy, heavy, heavily, um, covered with foliage. So that was a perfect area for them to hide. Now, when the fall came, they, of course, they're not going to hide there because you've also seen the before and after pictures when there's no leaves on the trees at all. So I don't know what they were doing then if they were watching at all because I didn't see them as much um, when it would be fall. So in the springtime and the summer when it was heavy back there like that, that's when they would come up and watch. So it would, other than the one standing in that spot, um, there was the one that was standing on that path, the same path but not at the beginning of the path where I had the first encounter, but standing further back towards the middle, like going into the woods, but in that opening. So 
that one was one I was stand. Uh, I went outside one day and I was sitting in my car. And of course, this is way after the first encounter in 2013. I'm sitting in the car, smoking a cigarette again. <laughs> I'm a chain smoker. I'm sorry. It's embarrassing, but I was out there smoking and I think I might have the window down, but I'm looking straight ahead. And I'm always at this point, ever since that one encounter, always my head on swivel, always looking and really just still not expecting them to be coming out as in the open as they would come. But on this particular day, um, I'm looking straight ahead down through that path and it's bright daylight outside. It's not dark at all. There's something jet black standing there in the path. And I, of course, my whole phrase that I always like to say, I know it's not. I know that's not a dog, man. So then I said, okay, you know what? This time I'm going to take a picture. And so I got my phone off the passenger seat and I raised it up. And the dog man at that time, I'm going to say, and I don't know for a fact, this one, I'm going to say it was probably about anywhere between seven and a half to maybe eight and a half feet tall. I can't gauge it. It was too far back off in the distance, but I know it had to be pretty tall. I know that that path is flat. There's no hilly area. And just based on <clears throat> based on where its head is on the tree that's to its left, I know that those exact bushes on either side of that path. So I can kind of, if I want, maybe any given day, just kind of go back there and try to gauge um, based on, I guess, where its head was how tall it is but anyway so I saw it again and I don't know if it was that same one but it's standing there I pick up the phone and when I picked up the phone I watched it in real time bow its head down Josh it bowed its head down like so at that point when it bows its head the brow ridge of the forehead is exposed or you could where that's where I can see the sunlight is shining off of it of course I didn't see all that until I looked at the pictures after the fact but I'll show you that picture, but it's got, basically it bowed its head down because it wanted to hide its face. So its head is bowed. You can see it's snout partial of it. Then the rest of it is covered by the tall grass and the outreaching branches or leaves or whatever from the trees that's on either side of that path. So it was well hidden. You can see both ears on top of its head flopped forward. And um, it just... It just stood there. It didn't, I don't, I think after I got through smoking, I might have just went back in and I was like, okay, I'm going back inside. I've had enough for the day. I didn't want to smoke anymore. I said, that's it. Because it's bold now. You're out, You're not even back there. It's hidden, but you're not even behind the trees now. You came out in the middle of the path. Now, it wouldn't have came out there in the middle of the path, I don't think, like that in broad daylight if that was one of those pictures in the fall. It had plenty of cover. But I think that sometimes they they get so curious or so nosy or watchful that they think that as long as they've got enough grass or foliage around them that you can't see them, almost like an ostrich with his head in, in the ground. And most people probably aren't going to see them. I just know what they are, and I know that they're back there. So for me, what the average person might not be looking for or looking at, oh, I know. I know you're back there and I'm going to be looking at all times. So any area or whatever I'm doing. Now, I do remember uh, at one point somebody 
um, said that Dogman is drawn in by tobacco, smoke, and perfume. And I don't know what else, but those are two things that I've, I've heard of for sure. So my thoughts on that is just that every single time that I had an encounter, I was out there smoking. And a lot of encounters, when people have them, they're out there smoking. So what does that make you think? There's some truth to it. Something. Or is that just because smokers are always outside at random times that other people aren't? So there's there's something to that, definitely. Because think of other times that you've heard encounters, Josh, or anybody. Have you had anybody tell you any stories when they went outside to have a cigarette? And a dog man was, I'm sure, you've told a lot of stories. Yeah, I've gotten stories like that. I mean, um, one of my listeners, I mean, one of my Witnesses actually came on and told her story herself. And when she would go outside to do it is when she would see it. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty sure. I think, I think Brenda was, a, I think she's a smoker, honestly. And she was outside talking. Um, yeah. And her name is Brenda and she was on the show. Um, so that's so interesting, you know, and here we are, we've, we've covered a lot of ground and this would be right. the third episode of in a row for us to do together right now. This what we're this is oh, on the, this would be our third hour. So we're gonna wrap yeah. it up. But Bettina, it was amazing having you on the show. Yes, um, thank you so much, Josh, for having me. You know, it's gonna be um really, really nice. Um the, the listeners are gonna really enjoy this episode, I'm sure. And I'm uh, really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And and I really liked uh, talking to you and 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 working with you. And we're going to get you back at some point because we we are probably going to be running parallel to one another in our search for the truth and what we're trying to uncover. And Absolutely. I hope you stay with it. I know that it's demanding and I know yes. that it can be a hard, it's harsh, you know what I mean, at times. And it's unforgiving. There's times when the, the comment section just rips me apart because these people are the way they are. But the good people, the ones that are appreciative and the ones that understand you know, that, those are the ones that make it worthwhile, you know? They definitely do. They make you feel appreciated. So that's the ones that make you keep pulling forward because you, I'm sure you already know yourself, like every now and then you'll have those special members that'll say, keep going, don't pay attention to these people. So you got your fair share of like cheerleaders and people who are out there that's actually rooting for us to do well. So I really do it because of them and I really appreciate uh, them for all, all that they do because they are the ones who also help to build, like, you know, you have your channel. So your channel, our groups and stuff like that. So it's, we couldn't do it without them. No. So that's necessary too. And you, and you being a, and folks, I'm going to say this, your, your time zone right now, what is it right there? Two o'clock where you're at? One o'clock. Oh, it's I'm one. On it's one. Time. Okay. You're on central time. Okay. Yeah. Same as me, but you are not a night owl. So no, I'm not. you're out here hooting <laughs> with the owls. It's hard to soar with the I'm eagles when you're with the owls. <laughs> right, so, I have to take me a notos to stay up for Josh tonight. I'm like Josh. No. Y'all, y'all should really Josh, appreciate this because we've been, you know, talking and and so uh, Bettina has stayed up so she could record with me. And so Bettina, from everybody at P- Paranormal Roundtable and Bettina Moss, go check out her channel, folks. She 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 goes she goes to work on it every Friday. Uh, what time? seven central and so y'all just keep if you come to the group and check it out if you join 
then I'll keep regular announcements in there. Like Josh was saying earlier, like I do my shows, like I'm kind of on the, I usually schedule them out, but sometimes they're on the fly. So I would usually have a show each Friday, but sometimes I don't. So, but keep checking within the group and I am getting ready to go to um, YouTube really soon. I've been working on on that already. So yeah, I want to go over and subscribe in advance, but new content is coming. I'm going to try to transfer some of my stuff over from where I've already put it on, but yeah, Josh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, and we will get together again really soon. Yeah. Yeah, and and now that I know that yours is at 7 exactly, I, I might have to start dropping my episodes at 8 just so we, <laughs> we don't have a conflict. You could listen to Bettina and then move over to mine. Because we drop yep. it, we drop it seven too. But you know, and, and it doesn't really matter. We don't. It's not live on Friday for me. So if you guys want to be in the live chat, that's fine. There's a live chat on there on Friday. But if you don't, it's not that big a deal. You guys can always go um, catch me whenever. Just you know, because mine is pre-recorded on Fridays. But Tuesday is the live stream where we do seven to or seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yes. So everybody, check it out. Check us out, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you later. All right, see you guys later. Good night.